Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this beautiful day? Oh, man, it's been a minute, a minute since I have recorded an episode for y'all. Um, the most recent ones I kind of batch recorded. So I did all those in one shot. I was like, here, let me get a whole bunch of episodes out to you. Boom, 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 boom. And then I went off into the wilderness of Utah. And now I'm back and processing and integrating. Um, and so I finally felt like it's time for me to share the story, um, the experience of being out in the wild. So, but before we delve into that, I'll give you all the context of what I'm talking about. We are going to draw a card. Um, for today, I am pulling from this Oracle deck called The Secret Language of Light. And um, it's by a woman named Denise Jarvie. And it's so interesting because I bought this Oracle deck about two years ago when I was in Sedona. Um, and I had a very profound one-on-one -on -one, uh, personal retreat with my mentor. And um, yeah, I was in this crystal store. Sedona is known for its vortex energies. And so there's also lots of stores that carry lots of crystals. And it took a lot of um, self-control <laughs> to not buy every crystal I saw. Because I am very much drawn to all things sparkly and energetic. And yeah, it was so fun. But I remember being drawn to this particular deck. I know I had just started building my collection of tarot cards um, and oracle cards. And this one I was drawn to um, because it had the word light in it. And I'm very much drawn to anything that has the word light in it. My spiritual name for those who don't know is Surya Gyan. And Surya is sun in Sanskrit and Gyan means wisdom. So the translation according to the Kundalini Yoga tradition is that um, I am one whose wisdom shines brilliantly as the sun. Um, and so anything sun, anything light, I am drawn to. And this one was about the secret language of light. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I played with these, um, played with, got to know these Oracle cards um, for a little bit after I first got them. And then I kind of put them away because I was like, well, you know, I'm not really feeling um, as connected with them as I was with other decks. But since coming back from Utah, I was like, huh, let me all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, I have a deck that talks about the language of light. I was like, mm, let me, let me dive into that and revisit it and 
reintroduce myself to the deck and, and see what happens. And so, um, I'm feeling called to pull from this deck a little more frequently. So we'll see what happens as we go forward. But today's card that I pulled, and I really wish you could see this. Um, the artwork is, is gorgeous, uh, is number 29. So the cards are numbered. There's 45 cards, but this one is you are the universe. So I will read the guidebook. The, and the thing is, I can't even describe the artwork. It's very ethereal. There's a lot of light as you would imagine. Um, and describing it would just not do it justice. So let me read the guidebook and we'll go from there. Know the self and know the nature of everything. So that's what your the universe is referring to. You are you, and yet you are also the universe. Just like you, the universe is a living entity. It is not a thing or person that knows everything. It is growing, moving, and reaching forward to experience life in new ways. Wherever or whenever you are, you will always recognize yourself, and you will always exist. Play with the idea that the universe, in all its manifestations, peers out through you. It mingles and joins with your energy to see the world through your uniqueness, and expands as you do. You are the pioneer of this universal frontier, and the universe needs you to know it in all its forms. If you believe everything is separate, you will want a guide, angel, light being, someone or something outside of you who sees you to show you the way. However, everything is as one and nothing is separate. Remember that. So nothing is on the outside looking in. The universe sees wonderment through your eyes and you see wonderment in the universe. Become your own authority. Choose to feel good by discovering what makes you laugh, love, and enjoy. Focus on this and you will create similar manifestations and whatever you don't focus upon will fall away from lack of attention. Mm. And yes, I've said this many times that what you focus on grows. Where energy goes, well, what is it? Where focus goes, energy grows. Something like that. I know. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you pay attention to something, it just increases. So if you keep focusing on the negative, if you keep focusing on the things you want to complain about, that's just going to increase as you move through your day. If you want to diminish that, let's focus on what we love about this day, what we love about our lives. Focus on that and more of that will come. More abundance will come. And so um, what is so great about this particular deck is the guidebook comes with some activities to do. So there is a meditation, there's inspired reflections and actions, and then there is journal work. I'm not going to share all three of them with you, but I do invite you to possibly do some journaling because that helps. That's one of my favorite ways of connecting within. And so here's the prompt from the guidebook. Ask two people in your life to write down three qualities they really like about you and do the same for them. Record all of this in your journal. I love that because it helps remind us that we are amazing. It's so easy for us to get drawn into where we fall short, to our mistakes, to our flaws. I'm going to tell you right now, flaws are part of our perfection. So I know that sounds weird to some people, but my folks get it. I hope. I just want to remind you, everything you are is perfect. 
and we are continually growing and we are continually expanding just like the universe. So if you could get some friends to say, hey, I want to reflect back the awesomeness that you are, here's some stuff you can write down in your journal. And then you do the same for them because we all need that reminder. You know, I um, have a teacher who uh, invited me and others in this, um, in this container that I was in to have like a brag folder where people will just lavish praise on you and then you you just have them email it to you and then you stick it in a folder and anytime that you're feeling down about yourself or you just need like a pick-me-up just pop into that folder and boom all that awesome energy comes back to you where you're like oh my god yes I remember when blah 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 I did this amazing thing and it felt so good and you know all these kinds of things it's so easy for us to forget the goodness when we are surrounded by so many things and our eyes are always looking outward instead of inward. So that, my friends, is the oracle for today to remember that you are the universe. And let me tell you, okay, we're going to segue into my trip in the Utah wilderness. Okay, we we are the universe. And boy, was I reminded of that when I was in Utah. So let me let me start from the beginning. I love this woman, Fia. She is a singer, songwriter, spiritualist, witchy woman, uh, priestess, amazing, amazing human being. She lives in Sweden, and I have been listening to her music probably since around 2019. And what I love about her, her songs, her music, is that her lyrics are very straightforward. It's like anything I say on this podcast, and then she puts it to music. <laughs> you know, it's it's not um, flowery. It's not, uh, you know, let me create a metaphor for the thing that I want to say. She's just direct. She's like, you know, it's a time for greatness, or I'm mastering the art of letting go. And, um, and those are two of my favorite songs, by the way. And she puts it to music that feels uplifted. It feels supportive. It feels grounded and rooted. Um, but it doesn't sound spiritual, if that makes any sense. I mean, some of her new, her new work has a magical element to it, but it doesn't sound like a kirtan, for example. You know, we're not doing like, om shanti, shanti, shanti. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I'm just trying to give you a flavor for her music. It's very like, uh, well, at least the songs that I love, acoustic guitar um, and the singer-songwriter vibe, right? But her current music is actually more chanting and medicine. And I just love it all. Just love it all. Anyway, so I follow her on social media looking for all new music that she might release. And I'm always like, yes, 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 yes. And um, one day... She posts this thing that she's going to be in Utah for this adventure trip. And I was like, what? She's going to be in the U.S.? No freaking way. Let's go check it out. I check it out. And, I, and I'm like, what is this voice of the river? What? What? It's a canoe trip? Are you kidding me? What does that even mean? But wait, I get to spend a week with Fia and tune in to the voice of the river and my voice. And what does my voice sound like? And maybe I learn how to sing and how to like make music, create, write songs, whatever it is. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. My whole body was like high vibration, heart leaping forward. Yes. Full body. Yes. I was like, okay, click, just sign up, go. 
And so, um, so yeah, I did that. And then as we got, um, closer to retreat time, I started having, um, not second thoughts. I started having like nerves and I was like, oh man, what did I do? (laughs) What did I sign up for? Like, I love Fia, but one, I've never camped before. I mean, yeah, you can pitch a tent in the backyard, but if you got to go to the bathroom, you just go back in the house, like easy. Right. Um, but this is like full on camping Two, I don't know anybody who's going on this trip. I don't even know the retreat uh, facilitator, the, the lead guide. I don't know anything. We talked a couple times on the phone, emailed a few times, but I don't know her. You know, I'm going into this blind, totally blind. Like talk about leap of faith and trust. And I'm like, oh man, I'm going to be in the wilderness, off grid, no cell service, no Wi-Fi. How am I going to stay in touch with my kids if something happens over here while I'm out in the wilderness? freaking out, full freak out. I'm like messaging all my friends. Oh my God, I'm freaking out. What am I doing? I mean, it didn't occur to me to, I mean, it did, I'll I'll be honest. It did occur to me to back out, (laughs) but I knew that was the ego. I knew there's no way in heck I would actually be like, Hey Lauren, I don't think I can come on the trip. No, uh uh-uh. But I will say I did entertain thoughts, at least my ego, Jake, entertained thoughts of, oh, maybe we say, no, not this time around. Maybe we'll catch the next one. Um, yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know that we need to go on this adventure. We need to like, this is the next growth edge. This is the next leap forward. And so I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm freaking out. I got like on the, you know, I'm messaging all my camping friends. I'm like, okay, do I rent a tent? Do I buy a tent? What kind of sleeping bag do I need? Sleeping pad? Like I got to carry all this on my own. I got to make sure I got all the lightest stuff. I must have made like at least four or five trips to REI, which is this big camping store here. Um, and Sierra, which is um, sort of a discount outdoor store. Uh, so I went to those stores like often. I was like, oh, wait, maybe I need this. Oh, maybe I need less of that. Maybe I need to return that. Maybe I bought too much of this. It was crazy how much I was like watching myself freak out in this way. (laughs) It was kind of funny. Um, so then, you know, I have to put all the things in place in order for me to leave, you know, getting the kids situated with their school stuff, because this trip happened right after school started. And, you know, I, I was, I was like, all right, guys, you, you're on your own. Like I got your, all your supplies and best of luck to you, (laughs) you know? And I had to trust that their dad would be, um, capable to handle whatever might've popped up while I was away. So I get geared up and go to the airport and I'm like, here we go. Point of no return. We're getting on the plane. Whoo, let's go. And the first thing is I get there a day early just because of timing and, and how things worked out. And so I needed to stay in Moab one night before we went out to Labyrinth Canyon and started our paddling adventure on the Green River. So I decided to stay at this hostel called the Lazy Lizard, Lizard, Lazy Lizard Hostel. And they have, um, you know, like rooms inside the main building. Then they have these one room cabins, which were really cute and, um, bathrooms were available. So it was, it was very much 
like a precursor to the camping. So it had a camping vibe. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, me staying in a hostel, I was like, I don't know what kind of people come to a hostel and blah, blah, blah. So I started like making up all these stories. Um, but I was like, no, I, I got a cabin for myself, one room, and just basically stayed in there. <laughs> I also didn't have a car. And so the hostel was located a little bit outside of down the downtown area. So I had to um, call for a, a lift. Um, and it and this guy, Josh, was is like the only Uber and Lyft driver in town. So either he was available to drive you or not. And that was, yeah, that was fun. Um, but a bunch of us had come in to Moab the day before we were to set out to set sail. And so we decided to get together for dinner and just meet each other beforehand, which I thought was really great. And it was so amazing just to meet everybody. Um, and what, and it, it was also a relief to me because it took away one of the unknown factors, right? It's like, oh, okay, now I get to meet the people who are strangers who I'm going to spend time in the wilderness, in the wilderness with for eight days. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a relief to meet people. I was like, okay, good. All right. So we get to know each other a little bit. It's awesome. And what's really wild is that there was, um, three people, a dad and his two adult daughters who met us for dinner. They're from South Africa. So hello to Jeff, Candace, and Taryn. Miss you guys if you're listening. Um, but it was really great to meet them because I was like, oh my God, this is like international group. Like what people from outside the States are going on this trip in Utah to hang out with Fia? I guess that makes sense. She's from Sweden, right? Makes sense. Um, but what was wild is that this was their first trip to the United States. And I'm like, what a first impression. You know, it's not like the big New York City experience with Times Square and all the lights and things like that. It's not, you know, San Francisco with its like beautiful Golden Gate Bridge and fog and water and whatever. It was the desert with a bunch of red rocks and pretty much no civilization. <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating, of course. But it was so wonderful to be in community with them to get their experience of things as non-Americans, which is so cool. And we had so much to talk about. So awesome. Um, so yeah, so overall, the trip was quite an adventure. All of the elements decided to pay us a visit. Um, and it was quite an initiation. So the experience was to set up camp and then break down camp and setting up camp wasn't just your tent and your sleeping bag, your sleeping pad and your pillow and that kind of thing. No, it was set up the kitchen, you know, set up the bathroom area. We've got a river toilet called a groover. And then we got a bucket home Depot bucket to pee in. And yeah, it was like really, yeah, we'll just say, <laughs> we'll just say that it was, it was a really interesting experience because by the end it didn't even phase me that I was peeing in a bucket or pooping in a groover um because I was like all right this is just how it is I mean you can't there are no other options this is just it is what it is um so that was that was just a glimpse of what it is like to retreat from the world and just be with yourself to be with others who are also being with themselves to be away from electronic devices, aside from cameras, um, and to 
be in nature, like fully in nature, to listen to the sounds of Mother Earth, to listen to the sounds of the birds, to hear the echoes off of the canyon walls. It was amazing. And Fia led us in song every night. She took one night off, though. She did say, you know, I'll be here all week, but I do get one night off. <laughs> um, but on that night off, we all shared our own songs and it was beautiful. We sang on the river. We we shouted into the, the canyons that look like amphitheaters and heard the echoes ricochet off the walls back to us. It was amazing. It was glorious. It was all the things and more like words really cannot describe the experience as much as I am trying to communicate what that experience was like by describing the physical things that we did paddling paddling was interesting because we would you know paddle in the water we'd make sure that our load in our canoes were level so that we weren't you know leaning to one side and taking water in we made sure the coolers had wet towels on them at all times to keep the coolers as cool as possible. Um, but paddling was so interesting because I felt like, I mean, Lauren, the lead guide at the River's Path, she calls it river time. And it felt like time was just there. It wasn't moving forward or back. It just was there. And we would just paddle you know, it wasn't hard paddling. It wasn't like, I mean, there were a few times where the current was a little swift and we had to, you know, maneuver a little bit, but it wasn't whitewater rafting at all. It's just gentle paddling. And I, I don't know, it was very peaceful, very peaceful. And to look at the canyon walls at how grand they are, how tall they are, and to look at the formations of the rocks, to look at the markings, to look at, um, I think it's called desert varnish. I'm not sure. I have to ask Lauren again what it's called, but it's like this, it looks like a varnish on the rock walls. And to wonder like how these canyons were shaped, what kinds of events happened here? What kinds of people were here? Because we did see some, some markings, some paintings um, on the walls in different areas. Um, I saw some really cool rock formations inside the canyon walls that reminded me of the Divine Feminine. You know, I have one picture of some rocks that look like the Blessed Mother, uh, the Virgin Mary, overlooking us. You know, and I have another one of, it looks like some kind of goddess head looking over us as if to protect us, as if to watch over us. It was just really amazing. Um, and at one point we, we camped out. Oh, by the way, the camping was like, okay, set up camp, set up the kitchen, take things down, load it on the canoe, paddle, 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 set up camp again, paddle, 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 set up. So we did this a few times. Um, there were two spots where we were able to like stay for two nights so that we weren't continually setting up, taking down, setting up, taking down. I remember um, Candace <laughs> said to me, I prefer the stationary camping. <laughs> I think a lot of people agreed with her. Um, I did too. But then by the time we got towards the second half of the week, I was, it was just like, ah, oh, this is just how it is. So I just did it. It wasn't, I wasn't mad about it or frustrated about it. I didn't feel any which way about it. I just was like, okay, take down the tent, pack it up, clean up some stuff you know, load up the kitchen, you know, whatever it is. Um, so that was a very interesting 
development to, to watch and, and, and observe in myself. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, there was one place where we camped, where we then hiked into, um, the canyons, which gorgeous, I mean, desert, I don't want to call it foliage because that's not really foliage, desert plants there. Um, some just really amazing things in nature. Like I really can't describe it. You're just gonna have to look at pictures. Um, but we came across, across this little, what Lauren calls a grotto. I don't know what a grotto is by definition, but that sounded like an apt word for her to use to describe this place where all of us gathered with Fia and Fia had us gather in a circle and we just stood there and began to hum and began to just sound our voices in the grotto and you can hear the echo. It was really amazing. And she invited us to sing the note or hum the note that felt right in our bodies to not listen to the person next to you, to not try to tune into them, but to tune into your own voice, your own body and see what note wants to come out. And so we did that. And I, and I noticed that harmonization started happening, which was really cool. I don't know how many people are musically inclined or musically, you know, attuned that they can harmonize naturally. Uh, and that they were like, I'm going to harmonize with this person that they intentionally did it. But I will say it sounded beautiful, even, you know, if that were not the case and everyone just didn't know anything about music and we all harmonized. Amazing. Like that says something about our energetic alignment. Um, and how we can come together, even if we're not singing the same note. But what was interesting is that I felt a tightness in my chest. I felt stuck. And so after we did our little humming, chanting, oming, ma kind of thing, and hearing it echo off the walls, which, whew, just thinking about it gets me all high vibe. I, she asked us how that felt. She asked us our experience of that. And I, you know, me being me and just like, I'm going to just come clean and tell everybody everything. Um, I told everyone that I felt stuck. Like there was a stuckness in my chest, in my heart center, and I didn't know what it was. And so um, it was something for me to notice. And I will say over the course of the rest of the trip, that stuckness started to dissolve. That stuckness was expelled. It was purged. It was let go, was released. And there was some powerful medicine happening that week, some really powerful, potent magic where um, I just felt a lot of things peel away. A lot of things just got left on the banks of the river for me. I don't, you know, I don't know about others. I can only speak for myself. But I felt like all the old versions of me had been shed like a old snakeskin. And it was just left there. Just, you know, done with this version. We need to peel away all the old versions and become new again. And so when I, well, and let me tell you, the river itself is muddy. So bathing in the river is what my friend Erika calls a mental shower. <laughs> So you are, you are energetically cleaning. And I, I borrowed my friend Maddie Faye's um, peppermint 
Castile soap. So that scent actually made me feel cleaner. But it was like, yes, okay. Um, but I felt that swimming in the river, bathing in the river, just even putting my feet in the river helped to wash away the old versions and allow for the new newborn version of me emerge to be birthed. And it felt amazing. You know, I, um, I came back and I was like, my skin feels like a newborn baby's. And I'm like, it's, you know, partly due to the quality of the, the river water, you know, just nature unfiltered. I mean, muddy, maybe the mud also helped, um, nourishing, nourishing mud. But there were a lot of things that, um, that went on. And, I want to say also the interactions with everyone in the group contributed to my growth, contributed to letting go of old habits, old patterns, old ways of thinking. My threshold for dirt has expanded. It is like you, you would not believe how much dirt I can tolerate now. I mean, because I had a lot to tolerate. I mean, there was one time we were camped out. We're in, you know, circled around the the campfire right after dinner. And then we see lightning off in the distance. And Lauren's like, yeah, no, it's not going to come here. It's fine. It's it's far away. And we're singing songs and we're sharing. And then it starts getting closer. We're like, "Mm, maybe we should, uh, maybe we, maybe we should hunker down now. (laughs) And so sure enough, the storm came and it was wild. I mean, the winds were whipping so hard that I had a sandstorm inside my tent. I have video for that. It's, it was crazy. Um, it, it's like I, I was sitting in my tent, you know, chanting, you know, just trying to stay calm and rooted, you know, being in relationship with Mother Earth and knowing that I was safe because I was connected to her. I didn't feel scared, but I do know that it felt really funny to hear and see the walls of my tent flapping almost as if I was in the middle of the Blair Witch Project and there was a ghost like flapping at my tent because the camp light inside my tent was like swinging like crazy. It looked like a haunted, like a scary movie footage. Um, So yeah, that was wild. But the sandstorm in my tent, I had bandana over my nose and mouth because I didn't want sand in my mouth. And I had my hat on to try to, you know, get as much sand, keep as much sand out of my hair. And I had my glasses on to shield my eyes. And so the, the, you know, sandstorm continued wind whipping around. I hear people like yelling, are you okay? Yes. Some people had to move their tent and, you know, get closer in and, um, and it all worked out. And then it started to rain really hard. It was like pouring rain. Um, lightning flashes, thunder. It was wild. And I was thinking to myself, if this is not an initiation, I don't know what is. I want to say there were many portals of initiation throughout the trip. And that was the biggest one. You know, the, the hike that we went on to go sing in the grotto, there was a tree that had grown into an arch. I don't know how it happened, but it has, it's an arch. It's a literal arch. And there were two arches. So I was like, we're going to walk through the portal. So that was portal, one portal that I saw. Um, but this one was an initiation, like by the elements and it was wild. Uh, so yeah, lots and lots of things are happening on this trip. Um, and then we just, 
came together. Um, there was just like some, there was a shift maybe on the Thursday of the trip where we were like, okay, this is us. We're it. We're, mm-hmm, we're good. We're good. Um, we all cared for each other. There was, there was one thing that I made a comment about on the last night was how much I loved how we showed care for each other. Even if we didn't get along, even if we thought things about the other person, whatever. I mean, you know, it's not going to be utopia. I'm not going to say that, you know, people were hating on each other. It's just that we're humans, right? And so there are little irritations here and there. But for the most part, what came through the most that I saw and experienced firsthand was this level of care from everybody for each other. It was really beautiful. And if there's anything um, that this particular group can take away from our experience, our collective experience, is that care for each other is so important. So, so important. And so is self-care. So just want to remind people of that. Okay. So, uh, que mas? What else? <laughs> we, um, yeah, so we, we did our, we did our thing and Monica, our, our chef, she, she prepared and cooked food for us for three days before our trip and was phenomenal in caring and nourishing and feeding us both literally and emotionally. I mean, there were some things that I was feeling like my, my stuckness, for example, I felt stuck. I talked to her about that and she is an amazing listener. She really hears you. She sees you love this woman to death. Like you don't even know. Um, and so Monica, if you're listening, I so appreciate you. Love the food. When I got home, I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know how to feed myself anymore. What do I do? (laughs) It's wild. So, um, so yeah, so then on that last day of paddling to the takeout, so put in is where we start, takeout is where we end the trip. So we're paddling over to the takeout on the last day and um, it was bittersweet where it's like, okay, we're, we were all ready to go home. We we're ready to take showers for real to like scrape off layers of dirt. Um, but at the same time, we didn't want to leave the peacefulness of our experience to leave the calm and serene feeling, at least for me. And so, um, I know some of us were a little slower in paddling, (laughs) but what was beautiful was that Fia had brought us together. We rafted up. That means when all the boats come together, we make a big raft with all our boats. There are eight boats. Um, And she led us in this closing ceremony right on the water. And it was beautiful. And I love the water so much. So earlier in the episode, I was talking about how much light is like my thing. But so is water. I love moving water. I love all kinds of water. Like water is my, is one of my favorite elements. Well, I mean, I guess they're all my favorite elements. (laughs) But, but yeah, water, water is just, I love water. So doing this closing ceremony on the water was just really special for me, really important, really profound. And to release the final last bits of the old versions of me that I wanted to release, I just put it in the water and it was like, ah, it was, it was awesome. Um, and so we, you know, 
spontaneously started singing via songs on the river. And that was great. My friend Jen, she brought her guitar and I made a comment to her. I was like, you know, I give you so much credit. Big kudos to you for bringing this guitar, not just on a plane from Toronto, by the way, you know, across country, you know, borders, but to, so you brought it on a plane, but then to lug it around in your waterproof, you know, giant Ziploc for your guitar, um, and then to lug it around from camp to camp in the, in the canoe, out of the canoe, in the canoe. And I, so we're there on the last day. I was like, girl, you know what? Why don't you just bust out that guitar since we're here and let's do something? She goes, all right. So we're right there on the water. She has her guitar out and we are singing our hearts out. And it is a beautiful moment. <sighs> Love it so much. If you want to see footage of it, go to Fia's Instagram account. Um, her handle is this is Fia Music. You'll see it there. It's beautiful. Um, so yeah, so we all, you know, wrap up the trip. We, it's a lot of hands on deck, loading up the boats onto the trailer, packing all the stuff inside the trailer, in the vans, all the things. Um, and then we all, you know, went back to Moab. Some people left right away. So other, most of us were staying the night and then heading out the next day. So we all gathered for dinner and it was just so funny. It was like, I showed up and I was like, I don't, who are you guys? What? You guys are all clean. I don't recognize you, <laughs> but it was beautiful just to come together one last time before we all dispersed to our various corners of the, of the earth and, um, to just, you know, decompress and process a little bit. But I know that everyone is still integrating. And this is the part where we need to figure out how do we incorporate our new versions of us, our current versions of us with the old life that we left prior to going on this trip. If you think about it, when you leave to go on a retreat or any kind of trip, Everything you leave behind stays the same, pretty much. I mean, yeah, I mean, a few things here and there change, but for the most part, things stay the same. You know, there's the routine keeps going, people still doing their thing, whatever. You come back, you have a whole experience. And for me, this was a life-changing experience. And yeah, people say life-changing a lot. It's like almost lost its its weight, but it is, for me, this was a life-changing experience. And when you have that experience and you come back to the life that you used to have, that old version of you, then the current version of you is like, well, okay, how do I do this? How do I, yeah, how, I, mm, yeah, there are no words. There are no words. And so I, that's where I am now. And I don't know if others from the group are feeling similarly or not, but I suspect that there is some adjustment period and an integration period where people are trying to figure out, okay, I can't go back to how I used to be. I can't go back to doing things the way I used to do because now I have this new information. Now I, I've seen and understood and have gotten clarity about so much that going back to the old ways doesn't sit right. It doesn't feel right. It feels hard. It doesn't feel aligned. And so the challenge is how do you, how do we, how do I move through this life with intention in 
conscious creation of a life that feels more aligned? How do you make adjustments and modifications to the old life so that it begins to shape around who you are rather than the other way around? Because shaping who you are to match the old life is not going to work. It's not going to work. Your body, your physical body is going to revolt against that. You might think you can power through. You can get your ego to be like, we can do this. This is how we used to be. We can do this. But your body, body never lies. Your body is going to cave in on itself. Your body is going to break down. It's going to get sick. It's going to feel like tight. It's going to get little like stresses here and there. It's just not going to be pretty. And how do I know this? Ask me how I know. Hmm. Maybe I'm going through that right now. Um, I am looking at ways to attend to my responsibilities as an adult, as a mom, in ways that are in alignment with who I am now. Who I am now, well, I want to move slower for sure. I want to do less in terms of like that to-do list, the one that makes us feel like we've quote unquote accomplished something. I want to shift the to-do list to my to manifest list. I want to breathe more deeply, more intentionally all the time, not just during yoga class, not just when I think about it all the time. I want to sing more. I want to play with my drum more. I want to chant more. I want to write more, even though I don't know exactly what it is I want to write about. What do I want to do less of? Less of worrying about what other people think. I mean, I already do that, but sometimes I get caught up in that. Um, I want to do less of doing things the way other people want me to do them. And I don't know what that means exactly yet. I'm thinking, you know, specifically, let's say my teaching job, you know, people think teaching looks a certain way. And what I've been doing over the past year or so is doing teaching in a way that actually doesn't feel like teaching. It feels like fun. And I think my students are a little suspicious about it, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. They still learn the stuff. They just don't know. It's like, I'm a ninja when it comes to sharing the knowledge. Um, but I'm thinking about other ways, like, you know, just going to pick up my kids from school. What does that look like when I travel? Am I hurrying through traffic or am I taking my time? Do I care about the person getting in front of me or do I not? Do I take the highway or do I take local roads? Which would be more peaceful for me? Which would be more in alignment? And when it comes to like finances, am I going to look the other way or am I going to approach it with love and understanding? Am I going to pretend that money doesn't need to be managed or am I going to step up as an adult and manage it with love and care like I would a person? These are questions that I'm thinking about um, 
in understanding how this new version of me is going to move in the world. This new version of me feels like a blank slate, blank page, clean slate, whatever the adjectives are, I'm mixing them all. (laughs) But I feel like a newborn baby, like literally skin wise, you know, all the mud in the river that I was talking about feels like a newborn, newborn skin. But in terms of my mental, emotional and spiritual beingness right now, I feel very empty, empty as in there is nothing. It's clean. It's just clean. There's nothing there which is a really cool feeling. You know, Buddhists talk about this emptiness and it's not empty as in that depressive, like, oh, I feel so empty and lonely. No, not that kind of empty. I'm talking about emptiness of like emptying out all the junk out of your junk drawer. Imagine that. That's a great analogy. You, everyone has a junk drawer. Imagine emptying it out and just looking at it empty. Doesn't that feel good? That's how I feel. Like I've just emptied out. I'm like, all right, now what next? What next? I don't know what next. And that's the thing that my ego is having trouble with right now. It's like, what do you mean you don't know what's next? I don't know what's next. I need to know what's next. Jake and his little Jack Russell Terrier bark is like running in circles saying, hey, we need to figure out what's next. So I just keep throwing him little doggy bones. Say, chill out, brother. Just chillax. It'll come. There'll be some signs from the universe. Let's just sit and listen. So that's what I'm doing. I'm listening, deeply listening within, not listening to other people, not looking outward for advice or insight or authority. I mean, let's come back to that Oracle card. You are the universe. I'm listening to the universe inside of me, listening for where I'm being called next. And so we'll see what happens. All right, my friends. So yeah, this was a little bit of a long episode, but I had to share this trip with you. You know, the play-by-play, I didn't get into all of it, (laughs) but also just the aftermath of it. Because folks who go on retreats, spiritual retreats and, and things, stuff happens on these, even if it's just a weekend. Things happen that aren't always so obvious. They happen at the subtle level, the energetic level, the spiritual level, the emotional level, the invisible level. And when you come back, you're slightly changed, slightly different. And then the challenge is how do you incorporate who you are being now into the old ways? A lot of people are like, I'll just go back on retreat. No, that's not the point of these retreats. The point is to continue to grow and evolve and expand like the universe and incorporate it into this material life, into the world that we left behind so that the world around us can also expand and catch up to where we are now, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Capiche? All right, my friends. So I'm sure there'll be more to talk about in the coming episodes. I might also invite some people from the experience to have a conversation with me about it. I think it'll be fun. So we'll see what happens. Um, But in the meantime, to close today's episode, I am going to read a poem from the anthology, The World I Leave You, my favorite book, Asian American Poets on Faith and Spirit. And this is by Katie Zhang. This is called High Garden. 
The flowers in the garden grow rapidly, as if they are in a hurry to lay eggs, or wisdom, or the proper exchange of souls is at stake. I am wearing a gown, which I never do, for the occasion that I might see her in the parade of dying lanterns, sizzling joss boats, and the world's lost medicine. Tragic, really, is the music coming from the elders who mop their cheeks with cooperating birds whose wings grow heavy with crying. It is, a, it is typical now, but every evening the car accident is the same and gives me the same tears. There are no new ones. She loved carnations, which is true, including several other flowers. The opium poppy is obvious. She ate them thrice every morning. How fresh and responsibly high, I imagine, like a queen of the Mekong spitting back the clothes of the ones who fell into her body. And what of the flowers' thoughts as they enter mother's womb and see there is no child? Everlasting drops of dew and frothy like a cave of demons who have made arrows out of the ferns and quite effectively. Scary in every way. I am being polite now. As for the dress, I never gave it a color. It is sage and the exact shade of my veins. Repeatedly, I clap my hands, then harder, and every light in the sky goes boom. Hmm. Mm -mm -mm. All right, my friends. So, I will close our episode as I always do, wishing you a beautiful day ahead. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos. By signing up for my newsletter, will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.